They gon' think I want a Grammy. They gon' think I want a Grammy. They gon' think I want a. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Creative Contact. I'm your host, Kia Orion. Thank you so much for tuning in. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. Today we've got the guest host, my sprained slash fractured broken wrist. I am super stoked to talk to you guys today because I'm coming to you from a different country. I'm currently coming to you from Georgetown in Penang, Malaysia, and oh my God, I'm sweating again, I'm smelly again. It has been fantastic being out of the cold. India changed me, and that's what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about today, India, some beautiful things, why I had to leave, the crazy adventure was getting over here to Malaysia, and then a couple other fun things I have written down on my list here that I wanna share with you, you know, kind of keep a typical kind of Kia, like philosophical shit I wanna dive into with you. But let's take it from the top. So last I checked in with you guys, I just finished the Buddhist meditation retreat, shared with you my thoughts on Buddhism, on religion in general. That was super interesting, your take on that. I really appreciate the people that push back on those ideas, that embrace those ideas. You get one, my new religion that I'm starting. And so it was just cool to be able to engage with you guys. And I think those are really fun thought experiments. I know that religion can be something that is supercharged for a lot of folks, but it's I like to be able to engage with those almost, almost from a distant, perspective so that way we can still talk about it engage with the ideas see if it makes sense without that kind of just like super crazy uh like you know i don't want to say overboard thinking but clinging to ideas so tightly that we aren't able to kind of zoom out and look at them you don't believe everything you think right i love that idea so let's talk about leaving india that last week was tough i left and then as soon as i left i got not india but as soon as i left the meditation I got food poisoning. And so I was up in this little mountain village. It's more of a it's more of a city but than a village. It's called Dharamshala. It's a little ways out of Dharamshala. It's a place called Dharamkat. But it's like, it was not my vibe. I know some people love that stuff. It's like for hiking and trekking, but it's in the mountains and it's cold and there's like power cuts a lot. And your boy's bougie, y'all. Your boy's bougie. And houses don't deal well with cold. I've talked about that a lot. I can do things like a cold plunge. I can do cold like for a period, but I don't love just like being cold all the time. You know, I don't love wearing like my jujitsu spats and shout out my jujitsu spats one time. Um, and like, I just don't like wearing a lot of layers to bed. It's just not my jam. You know, I had a space heater and then I got this, I rented a electronic blanket, an electric blanket, and it blew up in the bed. I was trying to switch, it got so hot so I tried to switch it down a setting and it started sparking and then it just like exploded in like this little like tuft of smoke just like rose and at the point I had food poisoning so I did not give a fuck. I was like glad it's not in my hand I'm going back to bed but it was tough it was tough it was just like I was and it was like cold t it was just it was not my best week we'll put it like that it's because your boy got flagrant I started drinking the tap water they said it was fine they said it's fresh off the mountain, they said. Here, we drink it all, they said. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I must have just been playing with fire because I think that's what caught up to me. So that knocked me out for a couple days and I'm just like lying on the cold tiles in this bathroom and I'm just like freezing and shaking and it's like my teeth are chattering. I'm like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> what am I doing? So that it was also hilly it wasn't my place y'all that's what i'm trying to say it wasn't my place i'm also i'm sorry i realize i'm spitting because i'm getting excited i'm also sweating because i'm excited i'm back in malaysia i'm you're you're lucky i'm not doing this topless i'm hoping that the audio works but i just filmed some youtube videos because it's been a while 
unfortunately, the travel, so much I love about India. That'll be another video for another time. I'm going to just praise India for all the, how much it changed me. This is more just me being bougie and complaining about things. But another challenge that I have in India is traveling by plane because I like to, I wouldn't say I like to, I'd say all my valuables that I have in my life fit into my suitcase. And in India, I'm not sure if it's because they're just super securityed out, which I think it is, but for some reason, they make you take out all the electronics from your bag and they, they are the most like intense about that stuff that I've ever seen. In Mexico and Colombia and these other places that you might be like, oh wow, you might think like that place is dangerous. Like I just like put it through the security thing and like I might take out my laptop, blah, blah, and it's fine. It takes like five minutes. In India, I have like four or five little bins, like every single thing is there. I run it all through. They have to do it all twice because I think I'm trying to smuggle something. They get really like, like weird about me coming through. And then also, oh man, I, I'll put up a photo here. I don't have it with me right here. But the amount of times they check your boarding pass is insane. It must be, I counted, I think it's like seven times. I'll put the photo here. You can see the stamps on my boarding pass. Every one of those stamps was a different person that has to check your boarding pass. And because of that, it creates crazy lines. To even enter the airport, there's a security guy that has to check it. And this isn't like your typical, like they look at it, they look at you, yeah, and they wave you in. The guys will like stare at it and they'll stare at you and they look at their computer and like look at it and they'll stare back at you and they'll look at the pass. And if it's on your phone, they like go, they have to like flick through and make sure. I'm like, dude, I'm a photographer. Like, I promise. I'm just trying to get into the airport. And so, learn to be patient, take a deep breath. I'm coming off this Buddhism retreat, but still your boy got shit to do. You feel me? So I go in there. It's just, it's such a shit show. I end up having to throw some shit away because they didn't allow like my power bank or they thought I was trying to smuggle power bank. And then there's like eight people have to check your boarding pass. I swear there's some guys that security guys that just want like a job to do. So they're there just to, ch I'm like, dude, he just checked it. She checked it. He stamped it already. I swear I am who I am. And that is the right flight, I promise. But it's just such a crazy, such a traveling in India for me was like one of the biggest downers, like at least by plane, by bus or the other stuff, I'm sure it's fine, but by plane was frustrating. A couple other things I wanted to complain about, sidewalks. That was, one, that was honestly the main reason I left was sidewalks, straight up. I didn't realize how much I missed them. As a man who loves to walk, it gets hard walking in the road. It gets hard sometimes walking up hills. It gets hard just because there's a lot of traffic, right? There's a lot of people, a lot of traffic. Everything happens in the road. So people are either trying to like hawk items at you or you're about to get hit by a motorcycle or a car or a cow or a pig or chickens or goat, you know? So it's like there's, or there's like a flaming pile of trash. So it's just, you can never just kind of be like relax into like, podcast land or like relax into like if I'm trying to like work through an idea in my head or come up with a script for a content or a story I can't just be like walk and like work through stuff I'm always like oh like on edge just because I feel like I'm like about to get hit because I am about to get hit and so it's like just I don't think I realized my love for sidewalks until I didn't have them and I was like whatever country I go to next I'm just googling are there sidewalks? I just Googled what countries have sidewalks, throw a dart at a map, I'm going there. 
It's been amazing having sidewalks again. I'm just throwing it out there. India, you know I love you, but I love sidewalks more. I think that's just, that's what it is. It's unfortunate. Um, Doorknobs. Another thing I really missed. Um, small things. You don't think about it. But uh, every door that I encountered in India had two latches. A latch on the outside and a latch on the inside. Which is kind of cool, except that I don't know how more people don't get locked inside through this model. Um, but I honestly just miss doorknobs a lot. To me, it makes just things, again, small infrastructure things you don't, you don't think about until you don't have them anymore. I miss doorknobs. Um, showering in a bucket. I, I, I'm not totally opposed to showering in a bucket. I think for me, showering out of a bucket got frustrating when I had food poisoning. I think all of these, these, I won't say problems, but just day-to-day -day life things overall, just get expounded when you have food poisoning, just because they all feel like they're kind of working against you, whether it's the power cuts, whether it's the cold, whether it's the mountains, no sidewalks, no doorknobs, showering out of a bucket. It just all feels like it, it's just challenging. And so I think thinking about life in India, that would be the best way that I would describe it, is that it's challenging. And as someone who's now fractured a wrist, um, thinking about things, something I want to get to, I want to talk about that, is that how much I feel like when I'm the happiest, I often grow the least. It's often in these moments when I am the most, I'm struggling the most, that I learn the most. And so, excuse me, when I've been the brokest, when I've lost jobs, when I've been, when I've broken bones or had a broken heart or whatever, I've learned the most from those moments, those experiences. And that's how I feel about India, was that it was beautifully creative. It was never easy. It was a life-changing experience, and I'm glad that I did it. I think it really opened my heart in a lot of ways, just because it, it completely changed what I thought I knew about the world. I'm gonna do a video in about a month because I've been on the road almost five years in a little less than a month, which is crazy. So my fifth year anniversary to the road, um, I wanna make a video about some cool different things. There's a little teaser, a little taste. But having been on the road constantly for five years, you start to assume that you know things. And it's interesting how quickly those things can still be challenged to this day. And so I'm really grateful for India to turning my assumptions on their head, to showing me something I'd never seen before. That was why I went there, because I said I missed being I missed being challenged in that way, and I also missed, that sounds uh, like bougie, but like I missed like, like real awe of experiencing something new. You kind of get into these like patterns, whether it's Asia, Latin America, I haven't done Europe yet, so there's a lot out there still for me to learn. But you get, you, it's like you've kind of seen them when you've seen them all sort of thing, not true at all, but you kind of get into that, you can start to recognize patterns. And India just flipped that all the way on its head in the way that it is, it was nothing I'd experienced before, nothing I'd seen before. It made me feel things I'd never felt before. It pushed me in ways that I hadn't experienced in a, in a, probably ever. And so I'm grateful for that. I'm also ready to get back on my bullshit. 
I'm ready for sidewalks, y'all. I'm ready to fall in love again. I'm ready for doorknobs. I'm ready for shower heads. I'm excited for electricity. I'm ready for it all. And so that's what I'm doing in Malaysia is I said, I want to go to a place that has a little bit more infrastructure. Let me see what's up with Malaysia. I'd heard a lot about Georgetown. I want to do KL because I'm at a place where I want to have a relationship again. I want to experience love again. I have all these tactics, these techniques that I've learned now, nonviolent communication. I've been listening to a lot of like cool relationship therapy stuff. I feel like I'm just like more self-aware. Like I want to put it to practice. I need a partner to practice with. <laughs> and so this shit isn't much fun. You do it by yourself. And so I'm ready to have a relationship again. Um, unfortunately, I don't think there's a place that I'm going to find it. After coming to Kuala Lumpur, I realized very quickly the infrastructure was amazing, but I realized that there's a cost that comes with the infrastructure and that cost is money. And I, that is something I do not have right now because I've got this little pile of savings that I'm kind of riding on for this year. And so I couldn't do it. I found like a lot of cool places in Kuala Lumpur, but they were all out of my price range. So I bounced to Georgetown in Penang and price was right, vibes was right. I felt like in Kuala Lumpur, it's like these big high-rise condos with like gyms on the top floor and infinity pools and they're amazing, but they're like built into shopping malls. And that's just not exactly my vibe, at least right now. Like you can see, like, I just like places that feel like one a little cheaper, but also just feel like a house, you know, or like an, a chill apartment. Um, Cause again, I like to walk and I'm not trying to like walk in a shopping mall, you know, I want to like walk around a neighborhood or something. And so I found a really cool, uh, how would you just, it's like an apartment house kind of thing. Um, in Georgetown, I'm living out in, it's kind of like the projects, honestly, if you just replace like black teens with little Asian ladies, it's kind of just like big high rise, um, not high rises, but like towers that are constructed and just super local and little run down but cool and um i'm feeling it i'm feeling good i was feeling good until i was ended up boxing bah, 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 fractured my wrist so things have been challenging but it's been after coming off food poisoning from last week and then fracturing my wrist um it's been interesting to put a lot of this buddhist practice to use thinking a lot about pain and suffering and frustration and patience and it's been cool using that kind of rework, that framework of thinking about like, how can I take this as an opportunity for growth? How can I think about this as an opportunity for gratitude? You know, I realized how much I use my wrist until I hurt it. And then I was like, oh damn, I use this shit for everything, you know? And taking a shirt off or on is challenging. Like um, anything, uh, trying to even plug something into a, uh, I don't, like an adapter trying to play anything into the wall is difficult if if it's like on a surge protector because you have to like hold whatever cutting a carrot anything you have to hold something and then you have to do something else with the other hand try just doing it with one hand crazy your boy's been learning a lot about gratitude recently so being down and out with food poison and being down and out with this i've just had a lot of time in pain in bed to think about life and stumbling on this idea that Two ideas. The first one is how crazy lucky is it to be able to take this entire year off to pursue a creative pursuit? Insane. When you think about how many people in this world 
have ever been able to take an entire year just to do one thing they wanted to do, it's probably so small, so infinitesimally small. I didn't even say that word right, but you know what I'm talking about. It blows my mind actually that like I encounter so many people out here that are working six days a week, if not seven days a week. I ask people and they'll be like, no, I never get a day off. To be like, oh, I'm taking an entire year. Then I realize after this year, life may not be great. You know, I may end up back at a day job, end up at another shitty job. Shitty jobs are not that far out of my future. But this year is rad. And I got it just for Kia. And it really blows my mind how lucky that is. And what's crazy about it, what's the most crazy about a lot of this stuff that I think about is how much my life has been dictated, was dictated by decisions that weren't even under my control. That most of my life, that 99% of my life, I'm gonna see this an idea I'm working through, I'm trying to articulate it, was set up before I even arrived. And of all the beautiful things that can happen to me in this life, that is like the 1% of from whatever I chose to do with it. But that being born to two parents in the US with a passport in an English speaking country with infrastructure. Insane. Like that alone, born in the US, speaking English with a passport in like a small town, but it, you know, it's not like I'm like way out somewhere in Alaska. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it was still pretty rural, but it wasn't that crazy. Like that. And also being a, a dude, like a white dude, like I pulled the lottery ticket. You know what I mean? And it was all predetermined before I even showed up with my fucking golden Willy Wonka ticket. It was already written. And like that to me, I know it sounds hoity-toity and just like, yeah, Kia, that's simple. But it's the more that I live outside the States without sidewalks, without electricity, meet people that don't speak English, meet people without passports. Like, like the English US lever to be born in the, like in the US and speak English, like that lever alone is just the craziest lever to be able to pull, just to like have a successful life. Um, and it really, it really blows my mind a lot. Um, just thinking about that, like, especially with India, like especially out in like small town, small village India shit happens everywhere. But for an example, the guy who drove me to the airport made, I paid a thousand rupees which is $12 around. It was an hour, maybe an hour and 10 drive through the crazy mountains, past goats, past sheep, past, you know, like, it's India. So it was like the driving rules are kind of like very loose as is. And then you're like way out in the mountains and you're just like, it's insane. He, I asked him, he made 100 rupees off of that. And about 80 rupees is a dollar. So, for an hour long trip or more, he made a dollar, dollar twenty. 
and then he's got to drive back, and then he's got to do that again, and again, and again, and again, all day, every day. And so at that scale, I think that's why when I'm in India, I have a really difficult time just like living the day to day without getting too heady about it because it gets really difficult once you break it down in that regard of you interact with people and learn about what their daily life is like and how much money they're making or not making. And it, it, it yeah, it's like, it's just insane. It's such a mindfuck, such a mindfuck. Um, that obviously I haven't exactly totally grappled with it fully yet, but still thinking a lot like day to day, just like how uh, I like just was born winning the lottery. Life is hard, period, yeah, things will be tough, but being born, like, and just knowing English, like, it's crazy. Everything is in English is crazy. Last thing I wanted to talk to you about, another point, I know this podcast is getting crazy um, long, and I'm trying to not keep it too long, is this point was when I was up there in the mountains and had some time to reflect, I was thinking about the this kind of eat, my eat, pray, love journey of doing ayahuasca in Brazil, doing the vision quest in Colombia, doing this Buddhist retreat in uh, you know the, the the Himalayan mountains, and thinking about why am I, what it is that I'm trying to prove, and who am I trying to prove it to, and thinking about are the skills that I'm going to acquire, is the masculinity that I'm so thirsty to attain are the skills of what makes a man things that I truly want to be able to do or are these things that I want because I feel like these are skills that I think women want men to have and that's not a bad reason to learn skills right is to be a more you know increase your mate value but I think a lot of times this stuff um, I'm, I'm starting to realize how how many times I'm doing things not necessarily for me like i am doing it for me yes but also other times there's like these other ulterior motives of either things that i think would you know would would like help me be more attractive you know as a partner or be a better person blah 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 which is again not a bad thing but i'm like i wonder sometimes helps me think about maybe staying more true to self with some of this so those are some things that have been on my mind lately anyways I'm out here in Georgetown. Come say what's up. I'm probably going to be celibate for this year because that's just the way things may work, but I'm down for it. My head and my heart are going to stay connected. I'm going to keep writing, keep working on this project and enjoying motherfucking sidewalks, baby. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'll check you on the next one, hopefully with a better wrist. Deuces.